of if you can discriminate specifically towards non-minorities by saying we're going to favor minorities, that in and of itself is discrimination. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs> Spin your years. Spin your time. With all these tears. Not all we're mine. I just want to thank you. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I'm your host, John Burke, with my beautiful heterosexual Jewish bearded life partner, Josh, operating those controls. I got nothing again. And I should really I should really think about that before we start the show, because that's usually Jump the right shtick. Yeah, just, yeah, I got I to gotta get better at that. How are you doing, America? What's going on, folks? All my Rumble fam, the Lost Savages over there. Hopefully, you're having a wonderful day. We're streaming on Twitter today, and of course, we're going to probably get deleted right after, so don't get banned. Uh, just letting people know where we're at on Rumble, John Burke. And that you're listening to is Nathaniel Ratliff, Ratliff, excuse me, and the song is Thank You. I've been on I've been on a kick for these guys. Like they are, he's got a very unique sound. You just love it. It's got a good, I don't know, have a nice stiff drink, just kind of relax, dance with the uh, the fiance in the living room. I just want to thank you, sweet darling. Oh, he's good. He's good. Anyway. Man, I had a great time last night. I got to be in a uh, space with uh, Thomas Massey. And, you know, I advertised it on the show yesterday. And I appreciate I, I think they raised over $20,000 put together by Reese on uh, Twitter. Uh, also a fan of the show. Personal friend. Thank you, Reese, for doing that. Had a lot of great people uh, drop in. We had uh, Jenna Elise was there. Steve Deese was there. Um, Salvador was there. Robert Salvador, he's a DeSantis guy. Uh, very, very well done space. And I'm telling you, this is going to change the direction that, or at least the, the method. And I think which a lot of these politicians fundraise on and it's, it's effective. It's very effective. So I think at one point we had like 550 people listening in, which is really good. And then again, $20,000 raised in the span of like what, three hours. It was incredible. And this is for Thomas Massey. Now, Thomas Massey, for those that don't know, and you should know, and if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that, but it is Black History Month. Can I say that? Can I drop the N-bomb? Is that is that legal? Can I do that? Uh, I think so. I think you can. Yeah. Yeah, we can drop it, is it. But as long as it's not a hard R, it's got to be a soft A. Then it's not racist. But only if, you, if you're white, it's, a, it's an A. But if you're black, you can say the other one. Yeah. That's definitely. the rules. Yes. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> Wait, isn't it, it is, isn't it gay month too? Which one is gay month? I 
Because we, we can't have the blacks June? fighting with the gays. Like, I think it's is it June. June? I thought it was February. Maybe they got it mixed up. I don't know. The blacks fighting the gays for like who, who gets to be the victim this month. So <laughs> this is why we're never going to be on Fox. <laughs> it was a great space last night. $20,000. And Thomas Mass. And here's the thing. Like, I may have um, fanboyed a little bit because, again, in a sense of like, all of a sudden you're watching who's listening and then up pops the profile of Justin Amish and another hardcore libertarian and freedom loving dude. And you're just kind of like, dude, we've got Thomas Massey, Justin Amish. And there was another congressman there. Uh, he's, he's a retired, or I guess he's an ex army guy, a uh, retired uh, ranger. I think it is. And he's, I didn't know who this guy was. And so I followed him and he was very well-spoken, very intelligent. And just listening to these guys talk and Thomas Massey has a way about him that it's just kind of like, He's nerdy, but he's hilarious. Like, I don't, and he doesn't care. Like he's, I didn't know he's like an MIT engineer. This guy is brilliant. He's also a farmer. He does a lot, but I mean, just listening to his jokes and listening to him retell the story of how Donald Trump came out. I mean, they called him like, I'm going to come at you so hard. And the way he does it, he sounds like Cartman in a weird way. (laughs) He makes it sound like Cartman, but it was a very good, a very good space. Um, it went a little long. I think I was only able to stick around for two hours because Sheila had made short ribs. I was Ooh. like, look, I love you guys, but she made some ribs. I'm gone. Like Suddenly it's just like, oh, I love freedom. I love all this. Like, But I've got ribs and mashed potatoes and a Guinness. Uh, deuces. So, no, it was, it was a really good space last night. Very informative. And, you know, listening to these gentlemen talk, um, very educational. Like these guys know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. I had like two questions for them. Um, and it was, it was just a really great space, really great space. So, uh, they raised a lot of money, uh, reached out to Thomas Massey's team. We're trying to set something up to get him on the show. And then, uh, Dana Loesch, she's going to come on the show. She said, yes, we got to coordinate it. Cause she's, she's a Dallas native as well, but she does her radio show. I think around 12 and then she's busy until two. So it's going to be Skyped in from when I'm talking to uh, her, uh, her personal assistant, which I need to get me one of those. I need to get me a personal assistant. I do just so I can treat them horribly. David Rube, Dave Rubin has one. He brings him coffee. I got nothing. I just get, I get shit from you. That's all I get. It's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. It's good enough. Oh my God. But yeah, great day, great evening last night, and then a uh, great show for you today. We've got Mark Cuban back in the news, and of course, he's getting raked across the coals by liberal MSM because, again, he's backing DEI, and he backs it for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, man, when you try and understand, you know, racism, and you just don't get it, and you end up being, like, even more racist, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, just... If you, don't, if you don't understand the rules of liberal logic when it comes to racism and reverse racism, even though they're one and the same because there's no such thing as reverse racism, it's it's hilarious because you will walk yourself in circles trying to kind of get out of the uh, the noose that you've created for yourself. It's like, bro, you just, you just gave yourself enough rope to hang yourself. Like, you're done, Cuban. You're done. So we've got that in the news. And then, of course, we've got the Jihad Squad doing what they do best, which is supporting terrorist organizations. They're just phenomenal at that. Well done. Good for you. Uh, to be expected, though. You know, anytime there's something out there that talks about Palestine, terrorists. Of course, the Muslims come together and they try feigning the victim mentality. It's like, oh, this just incites more violence towards Hamas. It's like, I don't see anything wrong with that. They're terrorists. Like, they're not they are humans. They're a violent organization. Yeah, they're pretty violent. They've, they've killed a lot of people. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I consider them less than dogs. They died. Like, who was that comedian that you were talking about? Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis. This he's, he's we gotta we gotta pull this up. Like he's going he's going viral. I, I guess he was just on Joe Rogan. Um, let me see if I can pull this up. How do you spell his name? Shane Gillis. Trump. There we go. Trump impersonation compilation. I gotta let you guys hear this. He's good. This guy is good. Let me back this up. He good. That boy good. He good. Here it is. This is from four months ago. It's got almost seven hundred eighty-five thousand views. And this dude is just phenomenal at his impersonations. Um, let's give it a listen here. He does not disappoint. And this is like the hilarity of like Trump. He nails it to a T. So here we go. Let's let's uh, give it a listen real quick. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with like Churchill, Gettysburg Address. As the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS, Trump comes out of the Situation Room at like midnight in the White House and he walks down that fucking tunnel like he's, it gives a press conference, like he's giving a post-game NBA and just goes, <laughs> Abu Bakar, <laughs> Al-Baghdadi is dead. 
He died like a dog. And a fucking... <laughs> I didn't change one word of that. That's what he opened with. And then he did 40 minutes. The speech is 40 minutes. <laughs> the meanest shit talk you've ever heard in front of the whole world. Abu. We could hear him crying, I said, Abu, don't cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Abu cried, he cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> Bro, this guy is good. I wouldn't have cried. He's like so good. <laughs> well done. Like, hopefully, I mean, this guy's going to be successful. He's clearly really good at what he does. But that, I listened to that last night, and dude, I just I couldn't start. No, I, I heard that like a few days ago, and I couldn't stop. Like this guy nails him to a T. Oh, yeah. Like that's like the best impersonation I've ever heard. But I know, um, who is the other impersonating command uh, or not uh, stand-up comedian? Um, he's he's very well known for uh, Frank Caliendo. He did a lot of appearances on the Bob and Tom show. Mm -hmm. He does George Bush. He does a uh, really good John Madden. I think he does Trump as well. His Madden's the best. Oh, right? yeah. He's, he's very good. So if you haven't listened to Frank Caliendo, a very good stand-up comic, very amazingly well-done um, impersonator, you should go check that out. And then I saw... I was going to retweet this today. I saw this... Um, how do you even explain this? It was something out of England... Uh, I'll just retweet it. It's hard to explain, but basically, I don't want to give away the punchline, but it just had me rolling on the way into work. But either way, uh, uh, how we doing, Rumble? We doing good? That dude is spot on. Uh, oh, and then Alex Stein. Oh, my God. Last night. It's a great um, read. Oh, dude. Like, I love the fest. So we sponsor a few shows at Shell Shock. We sponsor Shannon Joy Radio. We sponsor uh, Alex Stein. I do believe in, again, free speech. Even if I don't agree with everything that people say or do, it's fine. Yeah, but I, I support the fact that these independent journalists, podcasters, pundits, whatever you want to call it, I, I want to support them in, in any way that we can, of course, affordably. Um, because I, I feel like you're not going to get a lot of sponsors out there that want to back your stuff because you're saying things that might run contrary into what they believe. But Alex Stein had on Dom Luker last night, or Dom, uh, whatever, the big grifter dude from Twitter. He's got like a million followers. He got demonetized, started crying about it. And it's just like, yeah, if you'd stop posting lies, you wouldn't get demonetized. It's like, Is I'm that, sorry. That's the guy who's like, uh, who should I do next? Yeah, who am I going to expose next? Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that guy. You've been chosen to be exposed. Like, oh, sit down, O'Keefe. That's another one. James O'Keefe puts out this tweet yesterday, and it's just like, I'm not suicidal. I'm not. And it's just all the stuff. It's like, dude, is this like Hillary Clinton related? What do you want about? Did you see the video he put out? Yes. With the uh... breaking news. Joe Biden is old and Democrats know it. What groundbreaking stuff, Veritas. Good job. I'm sorry. I don't trust O'Keefe. After all the stuff that came out, people jumped on the thing and jumped on his side. And then I look at the 990s and you look at the money where it's spent. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. When you're putting on $20,000 donor money Broadway musicals of Oklahoma and you star in it, uh, that's not what you're getting paid for there, buddy. And then like $12,000 Christmas parties. It's just like, uh, no, 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 no. Morality does not I love the, uh I'm not saying Veritas hasn't done good things. Of course they have. I thought the video that he just put out of the Biden insider guy, the yeah. cyber guy. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. It was. I but mean, because you, you, you get it behind the curtains, look yes. at what's going on, yes. what they really think about Biden and Kamala yes. Harris. But the, the point still stands, though. That in and of itself would have been fine. But the day prior, he hypes it like it's going to be some he's a ground. Man. He is. He's yeah. very. But that's the thing. It's like when you do that, you are um, devaluing your brand. Because to me, it was like this is a nothing burger. Now, he has done some really good stuff against Pfizer. There is no denying that. But it just feels like when you kind of go down that road, let the stuff speak for itself and people will trust you implicitly say, look, you never let us down. You never hyped something that wasn't really a big deal. But he has a history of doing this. So it's like, ah, here we go. And now moving forward, anytime he says something like this again, it's like, oh, really? Really, James? What do you got? What do you got? Biden shit his pants? Is that is that the breaking news? We know already. We know already. So, but hey, whatever. Yeah, I guess you need these people. But he's also a big turning point dude. And then to sit there and see him do his performative dance with an FBI vest is like, dude, you're kind of douchey. You're kind of douchey. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't have friends. I, I don't have friends and I don't want friends. So I don't care. I talk all the schmack I want. It is what it is. No, I, I, I feel very principled about stuff like that. I don't like people being lied to. I don't like them being led astray. I don't like things being hyped up that are clearly, bro, that's common sense. We know he's got dementia. He's got that sundown syndrome. We see it every day, every day. And I, I really feel like you don't have to clickbait stuff. If, it's, if it warrants 
um, shares, people will share it. They'll jump on board with that. But when you act like, you know, oh God, Don King over there, it's just like, we've got a, we got a, like, you're trying to like hype a fight. It's what it sounds like. And then here you go with the, the late breaking thing. It's just like, uh, okay. This just in, Trump uh, slept with a porn star. It's like, that's that's not breaking news. That's, we, we've known that for a very long time. And Stormy Daniels, of all people, like, she's not even that attractive. Which leads me to wonder, like, was the Eugene Carroll thing? Maybe he did? Nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All the people that were MAGA that are listening was like, I don't like this guy. He's mean. Oh, yes. I mean to everybody. I mean to everybody. Anyway, great show for you today, folks. We've got uh, Governor Ron DeSantis coming on today. You excited? I'm not because he's not. <laughs> and we're trying to get him. We're trying to get him. Oh, my God. I listened to, like, Steve D's talk like, like uh, last night in the space. And this guy is, like, so just articulate. He's, like, he's like your your typical radio analyst. He's just, he's very good. And he breaks things down in such an analytical way that it's just, like, and I, I had to go last. They're introducing all the guest speakers, and here I am, and I'm, I'm last. And, of course, everybody's praising Thomas Massey. Shannon Joy lays out a very good thing about why she backs Massey. Dees does. Other people do. And here I am last. It's like, what the hell am I supposed to say? It's like, uh, I love there's you. There's nothing left to fluff. <laughs> there's nothing left to fluff. The guy's clearly hard as a rock. You've done your job. No, they were they were really good about it. And I'm just I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? It's like, hey, Thomas Massey. I love you so much. Say my name. Say my name. But no, it's a good time. But uh, yeah, Deese, that dude, man. My gosh. He's good. He's good. He's good. Is the best I've seen in some time, folks. If I was a Steve Deese fan, I'd, I'd I'd love to have that guy sign my baby, kiss my <laughs> kiss my hand, and shake my baby. That's that's what he's good at. So, uh, right off the top, let's get into it. Um, Mark Cuban and DEI. Good lord, <laughs> Mark Cuban. You know, for I can get away with stuff. You know, we're we're medium level business owners, and I don't have a very high profile following on Twitter anymore or any anywhere because you know I got banned. But Mark Cuban has millions of followers. So when you say something controversial, you better believe the MSM is going to pick it up and they're going to take notice. Stuff like, uh, I take into consideration race and gender when I'm hiring somebody. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, isn't Uh, that discriminatory? Pretty sure that's illegal. No, 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 you don't get it. It's not discriminatory when a Cuban guy does it. Well, Mark Cuban, I know. Or when a a white guy, no, I'm just trying to help the blacks. It's like, uh, that's pretty racist. So the New York, the New York Post, Post goes kind of either way. You'll see them go a little liberalish. You'll see them go a little conservative. Far better than the New York Times, though, I will admit that. The New York Post, you get more centrist-ish kind of use. But this article comes from them today. Mark Cuban is wrong. Blacks don't need his help to succeed. Right off the bat, they're nailing this dude to a cross that he himself created. You've got no one to blame for your crucifixion on social media than yourself there, big guy. It's going to be a long black history, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, you pissed off the blacks. Here we go. You're done. You're done. They're going to burn it all down. At least it's only 28 days. They're going to burn it all down, and I'm going to tweet law and order about 10 times, and that's all that's going to happen. Since George Floyd's death, formerly liberal-minded Americans started validating the anti-racist question of the century. What shall we do with the poor, unfortunate... Oh, my God, this said Negro. <laughs> it actually says it in the article. And it's not a, it's not a derogatory term. It actually, Negro develops, uh, originates back from the term black. I remember going to, when I was stationed in Germany, they had the Negro Arch. And it was an arch that, upon entering the city, I forget what the actual conquering force was, but they burned it and it turned it charred black. And they called it uh, the Negro Arch. And it was a term for black. But seeing in this context, this context is like, that's kind of funny. The singular question popularized a corporate philosophy that is the antithesis of civil rights law, encouraging employers to entertain an individual's immutable characteristics as part of the application process. Business tycoons like Mark Cuban have drunk the diversity, equity, and inclusion Kool-Aid despite it containing corporate carcinogens and have chosen to die on the hill of DEI in the social media public square. So for those that aren't tracking, you may have not listened to the show before, which if you haven't, you know, welcome to the big time. Like we are going to offend everybody. It's just a goal here. To, no, just whatever. Um, he literally got into it with Elon Musk on Twitter. Literally got into it with Elon Musk over DEI to the point where like the federal uh, federal commission, the trade commission, I think it was, the representative is literally arguing with Mark Cuban saying, you're actually wrong. It's like, this is the subject matter expert on this. And you're literally trying to argue against the expert that you know best. 
Mark Cuban, I feel, represents one of those types of people that they're like the educated idiots. It's like, you're very successful, Mark. You are. There's no denying that. But you also, once you had a lot of money, it's not, it's not hard to make more money. Like, give me a million dollars. I guarantee I can four times multiply that. Guarantee. I just, I need a million dollars. We should just sell, sell shell shock and be good. But it's one of those things that just because you're successful in business doesn't mean you know what you're talking about in other aspects of your life. Mark Cuban is a direct representation of this. Or, for example, those that, you know, have these Harvard degrees, and I'm not knocking Harvard, but they have these Harvard degrees, and ultimately they have no common sense. They're book smart as hell. They know everything about, you know, the nuclear science, just all that, you know, pocket-protecting nerd stuff. But when it comes to, like, street smart stuff, it's like, bro... Who ties your shoes, man? Like, how have you not got hit by a car, like, trying to cross the street? You're just, you're dumb. But that's what Mark Cuban is. Uh, and he and Elon just get back and forth into it. And there was his Twitter account called, I think, The White Rabbit. He's yeah. got, like, half a million followers. The dude's good. He's, he's a very smart guy. And literally, a white rabbit dunks on Mark Cuban, and then his following grows. It's like, Mark, you don't know social media, dude. It's like, if you ever get the chance to punch down, don't. It's not going to benefit you. It won't go in any positive direction. You're only going to give them followers. You're only going to give them spotlight unless you're able to really just slam dunk on to the point where there's no coming back from it. But this Twitter account just straight up destroys him in the arguments. But, oh, it's right here. In exchange with prominent ex-user at the Rabbit Hole 84, who was advocating meritocrat or, oh, my God, uh, meritoc merit I can never say this, meritocratic employment, Mark Cuban admitted he takes into account an individual's identity before hiring. I've never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, religion. I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. And there's so much to dissect in that simple statement there. You're saying that race and gender can be part of the equation. What are you saying that puts somebody at a more advantageous uh, position according to the race or gender? What, what makes them more likely to succeed based upon those two things? Are you saying that they have characteristics that benefit only that race? Because I would very much like to see this. I would like to, well, unless they're Asian, which if you're getting math, you're good to go. I don't care. It's funny and you know it's true. Stop lying. Ugh, people, they get so offended, they pearl clutch. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a stereotype. Where do you think it came from? Look at the freaking college rates. Like these, they're very, and that's not like a negative thing. That's because their culture is very invested in education, honor, honoring your parents, doing good things, family. So it's not like a negative stereotype slope or trope or anything like that. So it's kind of like when people get offended by those things, it's like, ah, I think you're offended because you just want to be offended. If somebody like stereotype white people's like, yeah, and you're so good at like, you know, being successful. It's like, oh, stop, please. That hurts so much. Stop. But Mark Cuban opened the door on this and it's just been blowing up all over Twitter. And it's, it's made a lot of companies, I feel like large scale corporate companies take a step back and say, okay, what the hell is DEI and why are we doing it? There was that one Harvard grad who looked into it and then, you know, he came out swinging and was like, yeah, I thought DEI was something completely different. I looked into it. And it's more of a political organization that has a narrative that is clearly leftist driven and far as in terms of like, uh, victimhood mentality, supporting, you know, minorities over white stuff. It's like, yeah, it's not what you think it is. So this public admission of identity-based hiring practices prompted Equal Employment Opportunity Commissioner Andrea R. Lucas to remind Cuban his actions are unlawful. Mark Cuban, she wrote, EEOC commissioner here. Unfortunately, you're dead wrong on black letter title seven laws. A general rule, race, sex can't even be a motivating factor nor a plus factor, tiebreaker, or tipping point. It's important that employers understand the ground rules here. Lucas then uh, provided a link to a thread in which she was quoted with a legal reminder for businesses across America who are participating what Cuban is preaching. Lucas said she sees significant legal and practical risk in many corporate diversity programs. Uh, equal opportunity is our charge, she said, of the uh, mission. But the law does not demand equal outcomes. When businessmen like Cuban advocate identity-based hiring, they're tactically admitting, admitting they don't believe these individuals are capable of competing without corporate training wheels to roll them into employment. And she is dead on the money with this. Dead on the money here. You, you can't cut that cake any other way except that. The fact is you are trying to help favor a certain group, be it minority, whatever, over everybody else because you feel they can't compete on the same playing field. We've seen this repetitively throughout, my God, years now.
I brought this up on Facebook the other day as far as equal opportunity. Equal opportunity employment at one point in America's history, I think, served a very good motivational factor for a lot of businesses to say, look, we should have equality across the board. There should be no discrimination. There should be no racism. Equal opportunity was needed for a time. But now equal opportunity, in my own humble opinion, is a very racist based system now. Because when I was in the military, every equal opportunity representative was usually black. I actually never met a white one. And if you were a white person that went to, say, for example, an equal opportunity representative, you, they, they kind of looked at you like you're white. You can't be discriminated against. You don't, you don't know what racism is. It was very um, just highbrow kind of stuff if you went in. Because I had a black first sergeant that was very racist. I tried to make a report because he tried to ruin my career. And I got nowhere because everybody's like, yeah, you're white. Yeah, you, you can't experience racism. Uh, and it was just, it was sad. His name was his William Stanton. Horrible, horrible leader. Literally drove into the company CP and a bunch of us were standing around smoking. It's like, you know what look good on my hood? Some white boys. And we're just like, uh, it's pretty racist there, top. Pretty racist. And nobody liked this guy. He was a piece of crap. Normally, anybody can get away with something like that because we don't take it seriously. But it's like, dude, you're kind of a trash human being. This dude had like eight kids. His baby mama was just straight up out of the uh, trailer. Just, oh, wow. And it's like, yeah, you're a great representation, dude. Good job. That guy later, after I got out of the service, hit me up for a, a loan to sponsor, to fund his business idea of opening up a supplement shop in Japan. And I'm like, bro, you could die tomorrow. I won't give a damn. Like, if you didn't make it back from Afghanistan, I wouldn't have shed a tear. I probably would have applauded. He was that much of a trash human being. He had no morals. And he also put himself in for a Purple Heart for smoke inhalation. Oh, yeah. His building got hit with a mortar. He didn't take any shrapnel. He did take some smoke from the cement that exploded, but he took no shrapnel, no injuries, but he put himself in and won a Purple Heart for smoke inhalation. And I still remember my platoon sergeant walking. Nobody liked this guy. He was a horrible first sergeant. None of the platoon sergeants liked him. He's just a piece of trash. But <laughs> my platoon sergeant walks in there and he goes to the uh, radio operator and then the company CP he says, you call the fucking Taliban up right now and you let them know they're not getting paid. They missed and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> We're sitting there laughing our asses off. It's like, his name was Kuman. This guy was off his meds crazy, but it was a, it was a really effective leader. Very, yeah. But we just, dude, I could not stop laughing. Nobody liked this trash human being. But anyway, back to the, uh, <laughs> back to the story. Uh, back in my day when I served in the army, <laughs> um, Editorial DEI hiring gone mad, quarantine Harvard for 40 years and other commentary, but proclaimed you want diverse perspectives based on identity markers is a ruse to sanction breaking the law because there are no two individuals who have the same perspective on everything, no matter what they look like. By default, we are all unique and see the world differently despite occasional overlaps in viewpoints. Cuban and others like him completely overlook something when considering immutable characteristics in employment. If any discrimination is allowed, then what's to stop it from one day being applied against any of us? And I don't think a lot of people recognize this trait or this, this potential factor of if you can discriminate specifically towards non-minorities by saying we're going to favor minorities, that in and of itself is discrimination. It's not a merit-based society. It's not a merit-based organization. Instead, it's, well, through the pigmentation of your skin, your choice of sexuality, or I shouldn't say choice, excuse me, your choice of gender, that's a choice, um, that they are going to, and yeah, I know people will argue that one all day, and I'm not even getting down the, I don't care about that, but that in and of itself is discriminatory. If I say that I want to chop my weenie off and sew some boobies on me, does that give me some kind of insight that others don't have into, and here's the crazy part, I have now ostracize myself into a single digit percentile of society. How does that give me insight into the 98% remaining that look at me like I'm a retard? It doesn't. In fact, it excludes you even further because you're not grounded in reality. I, I would tell you this right off the bat. If somebody submitted a resume and their pronouns are in there and all this other stuff, it's going in the trash. I'm no, because what that tells me, what that signals me is you're all about self. You want self-recognition. No, no. It's not going to work. Just not going to happen. It tells me that you're going to be an issue in the office and I don't want to deal with that. DEI encourages corporate saverism as a necessary benevolent act, but it's disingenuous practice that sees minorities as incapable of selling without someone else pulling us up to prosperity. A hundred percent. A hundred. This was very well written. This is Adam... 
Oh my God. Adam Colbin wrote this. I know Adam. Holy dude. I got to shout him out on Twitter. Adam, well-written man. He actually came on the show, uh, I want to say like a year ago. Um, he wrote the book, um, the founder of Wrong Speed Publishing, wrote the book, Black Victim, the Black Victor. Brother, I did not know he wrote this. Well done. And I was like reading that. Again, people that don't listen to the show, we don't pre-read these things. We just pull articles that look interesting and we go over it and we give our opinions. I didn't know Adam wrote this. Very well done, Adam. I'll have to tweet him out after this. I, I'm, dude, very impressed. Um, also in the news, Florida, 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 heading down to Florida. Florida, I love Floridians. I swear to God, I wish Texans and Floridians were like closer in proximity because I feel like we'd really get along. I do too. I think like it seems like there's some relationship there that could happen. I feel like we could we could we could see where this uh, where this uh, relationship goes. Maybe it'd be something serious. Huh? Maybe it's just a uh, states with benefits kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Love my Floridians. Um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to send hundreds of National Guard troops to assist Governor Abbott at the southern border. Oh, by the way, by the way, it seems like Carrie Lake and Donald Trump have some apologizing to do. Ron DeSantis won the case against Disney. Disney is now done as far as operating independently of having their own government. They filed a counter lawsuit and they have lost. They're done. Now you have to come back down here with the rest of us peasant class business owners. Of course, they're a multi-billion dollar industry. They're going to be fine. But they've been stripped away from all their self-governing stuff. It's like when you started pushing the trans nonsense, done. Now, again, I've talked about this on the show before. As a conservatarian, look, I get it. I do not believe in state and federal government involving itself in the private sector. I don't like it. That's not what capitalism is. From that spawns corporatism, as we see, which is the most prominent thing we see in America today. But in Disney's case, it's different. You chose to get in bed with the government. You chose to get government help and have these subsidies things, to have these, these benefits so when you go that route, you don't get to sit there and pearl clutch and cry about how mean they are to you when they strip away from you the rights that you went into bed to get with them. So sucks to suck, I guess. But yeah, DeSantis pulled it off, you know. And then, of course, you know, Carrie Lake, her, I love how Twitter never forgets, her things of like, if they can't beat Donald Duck, they're not going to beat Donald Trump. Yeah. How's your fundraising going? Kristen Cinema right now has 10 million cash on hand. Carrie Lake, 1 million. She's not raising hardly enough. She's like, she's going to get destroyed. And when she was at the AZ GOP convention that they were doing, she got booed like a lot. They don't like her. Of course, she keeps clinging to the whole freaking Donald Trump, all this other stuff. And it's just like, yeah, you, you owe DeSantis an apology. You stood with Disney against DeSantis because DeSantis was running against your guy. If you're willing to do that, then you have no principles. You've got no morals. And yeah. I just, I, I don't think that you have anything realistically to offer anybody as far as insightfulness. And, and don't forget, Carrie Lake was once a liberal not that long ago. In fact, I think she hated Donald Trump. Probably. She talked a lot of schmack about Donald Trump. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is currently engaged in a legal battle with the Biden administration at the border. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced on Thursday that he is sending National Guard troops from his state to support Texas Governor Greg Abbott's efforts to stop the influx of illegal immigration at the southern border. I think DeSantis doing this is basically going to show that this is a serious issue. Now we're committing more troops. I wouldn't be surprised if other states get involved. In fact, they, yeah. they honestly should. And not just so much as like, hey, you should support us. But I think this sends a very loud, resounding message to the federal government of, you've got states literally flexing against you at the southern border now. If you choose to escalate this, which I don't think they will, but if you choose to escalate it, you're going to have a fight. Like it's there, then it's... I. I saw the Border Patrol Union tweet out. They were like, no. It was like, we respect our, that's never going to happen. We will never fire. So it's like, I appreciate that, but I don't trust you. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't trust you. You were already, you know, violating the Constitution by following your quote unquote lawful orders from the federal, federal uh, government, Biden specifically. It's like, so if you were willing to do that, I'm sorry, but anything you have to say, I take with a grain of salt. Uh, and I think Santos made this announcement this morning. I was on my way into the work, work uh, place and I saw he was doing a press conference and I didn't get a chance to tune in. And I, I, I had a feeling it might be something in that realm. Uh, we are here to join as Floridians to say that we need to stop this invasion at our southern border once and for all. DeSantis said, standing in front of members of the Florida National Guard and a sign that said, stop the invasion. Additionally, the Florida State Guard will be deployed, which marks the first time that group has been deployed out of state. Um, Biden has the authority to close this border today. That's, that's, that's really what drives me more nuts than anything else. He could stop it today, but he chooses not to. 
He chooses not to. What did he, he reversed all of Trump's policies did. as soon as he got in the offense. Mm-hmm. But he said he was going to do that. So yeah. it's, he it's, ran it's, on it's, that. A, yeah. it's not a surprise. No, not it's not a slice. surprise that yeah. the border is wide open mm-hmm. and there's 15 million illegal aliens in this country. Yeah, oh. that, that one douchebag that attacked the police in New York that oh, got released and he's flicking no, off the camera. No, there was like camera. five of them. But they, yeah, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring this article up because I think it's just going to enrage people. It's one of those illegal immigrants. I think there was like five or six of them that beat those cops and they got on a video and they released on bond the same day, I think. And he's walking out and he just flips the middle finger to all the yeah. press. He's like, I hope somebody pops that guy. I do. You come into our country illegally, you attack our law enforcement, and then our failed judicial system lets you walk. He attacked a police officer, and he is an illegal immigrant. Illegal alien. He's an illegal immigrant. I don't care what you call him. They're illegal. You literally come over here, and you resort to violence, and nothing... But if your white ass goes up and sucker punches an NYPD dude, you're going to jail. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but if you're brown yeah. and illegal, oh, bro. Be like 10, 15 Red years. carpet, oh, would you like an iPhone? Would you like a hotel room? You want to bang my wife? Like, oh, come Some on over. Around money. Let me get my checkbook. It almost seems like the federal government, their leniency on illegal immigrants, it's almost like a DEI kind of thing. It's like, oh, there she is. Dude, get him out of here. But here's the problem. People will say, deport them right now. They'll just come right back. Deportation... You know, Kathy Hochul gets up there and she tries to virtue signal on this whole thing. She's like, well, you know, we should deport them. Why? Because they assaulted a cop? No, they should be in prison. You should deport the rest. This is why Democrats always get it wrong. Because realistically, they are pandering for votes to stupid liberals. Stupid liberals. I'm sorry. If you see a woman that has dyed hair and a septum ring, I don't give a crap what your opinion is. You're already an idiot to me. Like, I, you're just like, oh, look, another woke feminist with an opinion. How original. But that's who they're appealing to. They like this kind of stuff. Because, like, oh, they're such victims. Oh, they're such victims. Because these people are legitimately so stupid, they don't realize the economic burden it puts on the country. And your children, your future children, they don't see that. They see the here and now, and they're all up in their feelings. And they don't get the, the realistic approach of, this is fiscally draining the economy. This is not good for us. And, at the same token... You don't know who these people are. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know anything about them. You know, with it, there's like a third of the kids that came across in a company that they can't find. Yeah, yeah. That got buried by the media really quick, then, wasn't it? Yeah, nobody does. Nobody talks about that. Yeah, I mean, I the mean, whole thing. Hardly saving, anybody talks about it. I shouldn't say anybody yeah. talks about well, it. Well, I mean, bro. It doesn't get the, pro, yeah. the publicity that it should. Well, you know how the internet works. Hashtag free the children, trends for like two weeks, and then puh, gone. No, it's all about Taylor Swift. Now, we're, all about, now we're on to Taylor Swift. Oh my God! Like to me, that's that's common one sense. One of the most concerning things. That's why I say like, the I border is the yeah. biggest issue for me because uh. you shut down the border, then that helps shut down trafficking yeah. kids Drug into trafficking. the United States. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But you know, hey, as long as they keep us fighting over these meager table table scraps and you know the bread and circuses, I feel like a lot of people, even just me now, talking about the fact that Sobasek and the rest of these grifters are focusing on on going after Taylor Swift. Um, even that in and of itself detracts from other more important messages that people should understand and know about. But now, so like this, I would love to meet Sobasek and just drill that dude in the face. He's such a moron. He's an idiot. You're an idiot. Just a, a jackass. And, you know, I, I listen to him speak and it's like, you're an idiot. Like, I am not the sharpest, you know, knife in the chandelier. But Jesus, dude, when I listen to you talk, I feel like Albert Einstein. Like, you make me feel very intelligent because I'm just like, have you dissected any of the statements that you make? But at the same token, he is kind of smart because he understands his listener base are just that stupid and they will buy anything he has to say or sell for that matter. Code Jack will save you 20% off of Shellshock CBD, by the way. I think 10%. Jump on that. <laughs> um, but Jack gets up there. And now he tries telling people that Trump will draw more crowds than Taylor Swift. And I'm like, bro, I've seen the arenas Trump fills, and I have seen the mega arenas Taylor Swift fills. This is not even remotely close. But the juxtaposition of Taylor versus Donald, it doesn't even need to exist because this is not something that's realistic. Who cares? Who legitimately cares? But... That's the Jack Grift. He wants you to care. And then he wants the narrative to shift on this because ultimately they want to attack Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't care. I just don't care. 
So breaking news. I shouldn't say breaking, excuse me. New news, Tesla potentially moving to Texas. I know the car manufacturing or excuse me, the truck manufacturing isn't, I think it's outside of Austin. I drove by like two years ago or a year ago when they were breaking ground for it. You know, he brought a lot of jobs, a lot of economic stimulation in the local areas. I love it. Absolutely love it. But now CEO Elon Musk said ex-users voted overwhelmingly to have a Tesla shareholder vote. Um, Tesla will hold a shareholder vote to transfer its state of incorporation to Texas. CEO Elon Musk announced after a Delaware judge voided his $56 billion pay package. On Tuesday, Delaware judge Kathleen McCormick sided with Tesla investors who had challenged the 2018 share-based pay package, ruling that the unfathomable sum was unfair to shareholders and negotiated by directors who appeared beholden to Musk. Never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware, Musk posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. You see, Elon, that was your biggest mistake. You should never have changed the name. Because now it's not going to be X. It's going to be X, formerly known as Twitter. So why don't we just stick to Twitter? Go back to Twitter. Come on. Leave the, leave the logos. If you want to keep it an X, that's fine. But let's call it Twitter. Can we just, come on. Nobody's going to call it X. X. X, I think ecstasy. Hey, you want to go check out X? It's like, no, I don't do that. Um, in a follow-up post on X, Musk polled the platform's users asking, should Tesla change its state of incorporation to Texas, home of its physical headquarters? The results of the poll were 87.1% to yes and 12.9% to no, after more than 1.1 million users voted. The public vote is unequivocally in favor of Texas. Musk declared early Thursday, Tesla will move immediately to hold a shareholder vote to transfer state of incorporation to Texas. Texas is currently home to of Tesla's corporate headquarters. Musk moved the company from Palo Alto, California to Austin, Texas in 2021 in protest of California's heavy regulations and high taxes. He had also clashed with the state's health officials during COVID-19 pandemic over reopening a factory in Fremont. Again, I think this serves as a very contemporary, a very good contemporary example of when you try and penalize very successful businessmen and you try and bring them down a peg, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Texas has very, very great taxes or excuse me, taxes for large goods. A lot of businesses come here. Even smaller scale businesses love Shell Texas. Shock CBD is here. Shell Shock CBD has our headquarters right here in Dallas, Texas. You can come check us out. But he's not wrong here. And that's what I feel like a lot of liberals don't seem to understand it's like if you want to, like Elizabeth Warren says, we need to tax the rich more. You realize that this is going to backfire on you massively because all they're going to do is pick up their HQ and leave your state. And with that, the jobs. So you can sit there and say you need to pay more. But don't you love the fact that the, the Elizabeth Warren types, who I call speak them with but bullshit them. Who is rich. Who's rich. And probably doesn't pay any extra in taxes herself. Nope. But due to Congress's mishandling of taxpayer money through these all these subsidy programs, these welfare programs, that you are ineffective. Number one, a lot of these congressional people have never run a business. A lot of them are lawyers. A little bit different there. But they've never ran an actual business business. So when it comes to, say, for example, the, the federal budget, they're not very good with all the spending. They just feel like, you know, we can print more money. We can do all this stuff. And they have a, they have a massive tax revenue uh, base to pull from. Like, if you look at the, the federal tax, what? oh my God, I forget what it was for 2022, how much we actually paid and accumulated as a nation in federal tax, it was insane. It was insane. It was so much. So if you think of the basic psychological condition of, okay, I myself, or we as a governing body now have access to just so much tax revenue, what do we get to spend it on? What do we get to chop it up and spend it on effectively? Congress does a very poor job of this. A very poor job of this. We fund the most ridiculous things that don't need funding. The money is better spent other places to include funding overseas nonsense that we have no business getting involved in and giving money to other countries. So when Elizabeth Warren sits here and says the rich need to pay more, well, you're only asking for that because you yourself have screwed it up as a congressional body. You're ineffective at actually spending money where it's most needed. So why are you going to penalize them more? And here's the other thing people don't realize. If you continue down this path and, you know, more states get involved with this type of tax, the rich, where do you think those jobs are going to go? Because ultimately it's about making money, corporate, uh, excuse me, uh, capitalism. So if states get in on this and you start trying to go after rich individuals, rich business owners, where do you think they're going to take those jobs? Overseas. 
They're going to take them overseas. Yep. And I don't blame them because I would too. The whole patriotism thing. Well, when my government comes against me and says, you know, you need to pay more to help, you know, fund those who don't want to work. I'm going to tell you that, no, that's not going to happen. And I will move my business to Costa Rica. I'll move it to Mexico. I'll move it somewhere else that offers me way better tax incentivizations. That's not going to try and penalize me. And they're going to absolutely love me. They're going to love me. Yeah, some countries it's it's as low as 18%. Dude, it's nuts. Yeah. It's That's nuts. Not, I mean, United States wasn't even competitive no. until Donald Trump came in and dropped it down to 21%. It was like 35, 36, something like that. That was like, yeah. Either way, though, it's just one of those things of like, you can't sit there and complain when the rich people are pulling their money and their, their businesses, yet you're the causation of it. Isn't, isn't it interesting that in order to try and lift the lower economic bracket up out of poverty to match the middle class, ultimately what happens is the rich are like, I'm not paying for that. Why should I be penalized for being successful? Because number one, you know, like with us, we had to put some skin in the game. You had to put some financial, some fiscal skin in the game. You got to risk it. That's part of being an entrepreneur. We've thrown a lot of money at a lot of different things to see what works. But the government, you know, when I actually talk about it, it makes my blood boil. But when you really think about it, You've said this before. What has the government done to actually help us succeed? Nothing. Nothing. So why are we paying you? Like, what are we paying you for? It blows my mind when you really sit down and you think about the principles of this. We risked so much. We put in so much work, so much overtime, all of these things. So then we become successful. And then the government says, well, being that you're successful, now you need to pay more in taxes. Yeah, here's a sheet. List all your, all the stuff that you have in your building, and yeah. then we're going to tax you on it again. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, what? How's that fair? I agree. The taxes have gone just, it's ridiculous. We're getting taxed for so everything. We got to list every computer, everything mm-hmm. that we use in our mm-hmm. building, all of the stuff that we use for our business. We got to put it on the back of a piece of paper and then send it into them. They're going to tell us how much we owe on taxes. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, every, you're going to jail. But they're not going to tell you what it is. But if you get it wrong, you're going to jail. Oh, yeah. You got to love that. Not Hunter Biden, though. No, 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 no. You get to actually just, you know, smoke, crack, and bang hookers, and then you get awarded for it. So it's, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But here we are. Here we are, folks. How we doing, Rumble? We still, we still here. We still here. How we doing? How we doing? See, I think uh, trying to see the total amount of taxes collected in 2023. I think it was. No, bro. It's, I don't know if those are going to be available yet. I would go 2022. Let's see if you uh, part ways 4.44 billion or trillion. Yeah. So the thing is like when people saw I think the only defense or one of the main defenses Congress, Congress people will make in, say, supporting Ukraine with millions of dollars. It's like you do realize that's like a fraction of our tax revenue. It's like, I don't care if it was $20. It's the principle of the matter. Yeah, and 2022 is just a little over $5 trillion collected. And they can't manage it. No, at all. At all. You see the article about the... Uh, Oh God, There's a couple guys over in Ukraine. No. A couple of oh, yes. Yeah, tell about it. Talk about it, yeah. I just saw a little bit of it, but it was, yeah. they, they uh, took like $40 million for themselves. It's government it. officials. Yeah, government officials. Government officials. And then you kind of look back at all the times you said you, you, you do realize that Ukraine has literally been proven prior to the Ukraine war, one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And then you act shocked when something like this happens, we already saw black market Gustavs and Javelins that we sent them in weaponry, anti-tank missiles on the black market. We said that as soon as they started sending billions and billions of dollars over there, the only people who yeah. can get rich are the government officials Yep, in Ukraine and here in the United States. And guess what happens if Ukraine falls? They're going to do the same thing the Afghani president did. He's going to take billions in cash and DD Mao out of there. He's going to pop smoke. You'll never see him again. Bro, that's why I'm like, I don't care about Ukraine. Does it suck? Yes. What facilitated that war? Governing bodies that I had nothing to do with. So if you want to go send people to fight, send yourself. Lindsey Graham, you want to go strike Iran? Bro, lead the charge. I know. Go do it. Hop in an F-35, go to town. Guy had dollar signs roll up in his eyeballs oh as soon God. as oh, bro. he's like, oh, send him. Let's he was touching himself. He was touching himself. The picture of like Dick Cheney. He's like, we're going to get so rich, so rich. Give me my ball gown. <laughs> Excited. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's hilarious. 
Well, you got the jihad squad. Uh, you know, these 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 morons, squad Democrats, Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib vote against Bill to ban Hamas terrorists from U.S. Now, you got to understand the political stratagem here is that sometimes they're going to propose bills just to see which way people will vote so they can use it as a little clickbait headline to get a, you know, score a dunk on them. Now, realistically speaking, um, you know, <laughs> if you're a terrorist, if you're on some kind of, you know, government watch list, you're not going to be allowed to come to America. But they pass or they're trying to pass this and you just, you know, listen, oh God, I hate to subject you to this just low IQ, but you need to hear this. You need to see what we have representing us in Congress. You need to see what we have representing us in Congress because, bro, the levels of just insanity that the likes of Cori Bush, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Elmar, display on the daily just it's always the victim they're always the victim it never ends give this a listen i'm sorry i gotta subject you to this but you need to hear this because honestly oh my god Bush, i represent st louis missouri missouri's first district in congress um and i want to st louis murder capital of the world yeah colleagues um some are who are on the way um, but uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, um, for all of her hard work and her commitment and dedication and her heart um, and everything that she has given and sacrificed um, uh, to save lives of and many of most of whom she, people she does not know. Um, She's so gallant. And then for all of the doctors and healthcare workers standing here with us today, these doctors are part of a growing group of over 2,000 medical professionals who support peace. I, know, I don't care. Um, do no harm. It is an oath that every doctor most standard equipped. Congress has. All right. I don't, I don't want to sit here and listen to this whole spiel of her just like basically kissing ass and showing like, oh my God, we're minorities. We're so oppressed. Yada, 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 yada. It's ridiculous. Uh, the squad Democrats, Representative Cory Bush uh, and Rashida Tlaib, were the only two representatives who voted against a bill barring Hamas terrorists from entering the United States. Again, it's already illegal. They can't do that. But again, sometimes they do stuff like this to score political points, and it worked. The bill H.R. 6679, which is also called the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorist Act, expanded a U.S. ban on Palestine Liberation Organization PLO officers to include all PLO members. The bill, which was introduced by Representative Tom McClintock out of Pennsylvania, also barred Hamas members and other uh, participants in the October 7th attack from the U.S. Pretty cut and dry, right? Pretty black and white. Pretty simple. It's like, yeah, of course, we can all agree on that. Oh, no, no, no. I say nay. I say nay. Little John Panette throw back there. Great comedian. I say nay. These two jackasses. Of course, like, you know, I'm not, I'm voting against this because this only incentivizes more hate towards Hamas. Yes, nuke Hamas. Wipe them off of the globe. Obliterate them. Slaughter them and their bloodlines. Absolutely. These are scum. These are terrorists. But you, you feel like voting in favor of a bill that bans them, that's incentivizing more violence against them? You, you just love to see the mental gymnastics of these minority racists. You just, you love to see it. There's no denying these are Hamas supporters. Now, I think Cori Bush, realistically, I think she's too stupid and she doesn't realize it. She just identifies with the group because they're fellow minorities. And we have a kinship, a victimhood. Oh, look at us, we're victims. Oh, that's just so bad. Let's support Hamas. <laughs> this is how stupid they are. These... These people should be tried for treason. I bet, like, you sit there and you support Palestinians, you support Hamas. Now, I get the idea of freedom of speech, but when you legitimately go out there and you want to support a terrorist organization that also, might I add, wants Americans dead, how is that not treason? Now, it's one thing to verbally say it. That's not illegal. But I'm pretty sure you can try and find a way to connect the dots with Rashida Tlaib. You'll find something. I guarantee you'll find something. Probably. But if you go looking, if you bring it up, you're only doing it because you're racist. Like, no, I will, I will concede to the fact that, yes, I'm doing it because of who you are, because of what you've said. Because of what you've said. Yes, I see that you you have a kinship with terrorists. You're also a Muslim. So, yes, did, did they according to your religion, absolutely how Hamas went into that music festival and just started mowing down innocent civilians. She tried to misrepresent that when you, you saw a clear as day 
when that occurred, I think Rashida Tlaib tweeted something, I forget what it was, and it's still there. Basically, oh yeah, it was the hospital getting bombed by Israel. And it's like, nope, that yeah. was actually Hamas. Right. Their rockets fell short, which by the way, but they they also violated anything, the ceasefire again. They didn't say anything about the kidnappings nope. or no, the, the hostages. Murders, no, the hostages. Yeah, any of that stuff. No. Nope. They don't care. I mean, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they're part of the organization. Me neither. I, I legitimately mean that. Me yeah. neither. Well, 422 members of the House voted to pass the bill. Three again. This was not. This was not just you know Democrats versus Republicans. They had a very overwhelming majority supporting this, but these three nut jobs said no, said no, because it could incite more violence. Where exactly? Hamas in America? Uh, weapons free, baby. Yeah. Go to town. Chicago, New York. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. 422 members of the House voted to pass the bill. Three far left members voted either against the bill or voted present. Bush and Tlaib voted against it, while Representative Delia Ramirez voted present. In a press release, Tlaib said the bill was just another Republican bill. Bro, right there, you're wrong. You had Democrat support on that. What the hell are you on about, woman? Like, seriously, you are a walking example of why the 19th Amendment should just be removed. You're stupid. You are stupid. Can you imagine being married to that thing? Oh, God, oh my no. God. Free Palestine, free Palestine. I hope they nuke Palestine. You're like this thorn in the world's side. You're always causing problems. H.R. 66, sorry, excuse me. Tlaib said the bill was just another Republican bill used to incite hatred. Um, yes, because you deserve to be hated. And so does Hamas. This whole inciting hatred thing is not always a bad thing. Because if you, if the hatred is warranted, then go to town inciting away. This incites hatred towards pedophiles. I don't see a problem with that. I just don't. This bill incites hatred towards ISIS. I still don't see a problem with that. You're scum. I, yeah. Just another GOP messaging bill used, again, at least they agree with that. It's a messaging bill used to incite anti-Arab, anti-Palestine, anti-Muslim hatred that makes communities like ours unsafe. Um... Last I checked, it wasn't Christians that, like, flew planes in the World Trade Center. That wasn't us. That was you guys. That was your people. That was yous. Yous, yous peoples. The whole, look, look, look type of dudes. That's you, right? Yeah? Mm, okay. Yeah? That was you? Was that, was that, was that, the, was that somebody else? Was that the Catholics? Was that, was that the, uh, the Hindus? They did that? No. They were over there just being peaceful and shit. It was you. You've got a very violent culture. One has but to look to the Middle East to see that personified. That's who you are. I mean, it's literally in the scripture, the children of Ishmael. Every man's hand against you, your hand against every man. This has been prophesied. I mean, that's one of the biblical prophecies that you have to admit is like, it's true. When has there ever been peace in the Middle East? You know, like recent, recent times. Uh, the closest we got was the uh, Abraham Accord. Ah, uh, but there, there were still like, there were still back and forth skirmishes. When I say peace in the Middle East, nothing happened. Like say for example, peace in America, like state warfare, nothing. It doesn't exist. But over there, there's always going to be something. But when has there ever been nothing? Like everybody's cool. Like, we're, hey, hey guys, just we're cool, right? Muslims and the Jews, we're good. We're cool. Shabbat Shalom. Looks like they were pretty close. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's just another and GOP message bill. Biden got into office and saw that coming a mile away. Representative Ramirez said that she voted president because she is done with political games. I vote. Well, then why didn't you vote in favor of it? You're talking about political games. You literally participated in the game by voting present. That's just a half-ass way of saying I'm not, I'm not supporting this. But you can't say I didn't support it and you can't say I did. I just said, I'm here. It's like, so then you're a fence sitter, which is even worse. Pick a side. I voted present because I'm done with political games, Ramirez said. The majority is wasting time bringing a bill that is already current law. There are already no immigration benefits for Hamas terrorists. And she's not wrong on that one. So then, if that's the case, why didn't you vote in favor of it? You see, but this is also a ploy for the Republicans out there to push this. And again, does this serve any position? It doesn't do anything. It's already, it's, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a vocalizing bill is all it is. But Rashida to leave the rest of them. It just showed, you know, it, it, the, the Republicans were smart with this. It forced them into self-isolation. And what did they do? It's like, yes, we're going to isolate ourselves because this bill only fuels hatred. Oh, there's the victim card again. And outside of like the race and the victim card, you really don't have a hand to play, do you? 
You have no hand to play. It's kind of hilarious if you think about it. Kind of hilarious. Hilarious. Um, This was a, a crazy article I found that I was just kind of like, wow. Um, a Chinese man, mistress executed for throwing his two young kids out of apartment window so they could start a new family together. Yes, because that's exactly how it works. If you don't like your kid, you just throw it out the window and you get another one. You don't even do that with dogs. What's wrong with people? Bro. A Chinese couple. Oh, it's a couple. A Chinese couple has been executed for murdering the man's two children from his previous marriage so they could start a new family together. Zhang Bao, Zhang Bo and his girlfriend Yi Shenzhen are believed to have died by lethal injection on Wednesday after China's top court recently approved their deaths sentences. Chinese, China Daily reports. Zhang was convinced of throwing his two children out of a high-rise apartment window from the 15th floor of a residential tower in southwest China's Chongqing in 2020. Uh, Yi was also convicted after the court determined she forced Zhang to kill the young children, a two-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy, as she saw them as an obstacle and helped stage their deaths as an accidental fall, the independent reports. The pair were sentenced to death in 2021, but were only executed this week following a lengthy appeals process that resulted in a second trial for Zhang and Yi, China Daily states. Um, it's so damn sad. The Chongqing High People's Court upheld the original ruling and said the sentences handed down to Zhang and Yi were appropriate. I fully agree. You murdered two innocent kids, um, so maybe you should murder them back. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's very fair. Like, you murdered kids, dude. That's, that's I like, just don't understand how somebody could do that. We live in a crazy world, my man. We live in a crazy... And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Just how someone could legitimately think that was a good idea is just beyond me. It's like, okay, look, why not just... I don't know if you can in China, but why not just give the kids up for adoption? If you are really that adamant about starting... Which, I mean, you're already a piece of crap, let's just be honest. It's like, but... If you're really that adamant, there are other ways, like maybe, I don't know, dropping them off at a fire station. I mean, there's other ways, but flinging them off a, a 15-story apartment high rides, like, that's probably the worst thing. I know. That is the worst thing you could have done. You're just kind of like, it didn't, it didn't like hit you to like maybe try other tactics or, I don't know, just be good parents, good people. Maybe that. I don't know. That's just crazy. That's, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And last, most certainly not least, you got uh, this article in the New York Post. Uh, Trump spent more than $50 million from PAC money on legal fees in 2023. And it's 2024, and it's going to get 10 times worse. $50 million in PAC money and legal fees. Former President Donald Trump spent more than $50 million in political action committee funds on his mounting legal fees last year, according to new campaign filings. Trump's Save America and Make America Great Again PACs funneled massive amounts of money to the former president's half-dozen legal cases ending the year with a combined $5.7 million cash on hand. Federal Election Commission's records show... And again, you don't see the, the previous quarter's uh, results to the next quarter. So, for example, right now, um, Q4 fundraising for 2023 is now out. You can see it, the uh, FCC filings. And doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Um, the fundraising com uh, committees began the year with a total of $18.5 million cash on hand. And, the make and again, when he got indicted, his money, money making went through the roof. Through the roof. As a lot of people knew it would. But... Um, the PACs funnel massive amounts of money to the former president's half dozen legal cases, ending the year where they combined 5.7 million cash. Okay. Uh, the Make America Great, Great Again sent 42.5 million to Save America over the course of 2023 to recoup funds lost to the legal battles. However, the 77-year-old's principal campaign committee still has more or had more than 33 million cash on hand as of the end of 2023. Trump currently faces 91 criminal counts across two federal, uh, two federal, one state, and one local indictment, and all of those cases are expected to head to trial in uh, during 2024. Um, in addition, the former president faced civil suits in New York for purportedly inflating the wealth of the Trump organization and defaming magazine writer Eugene Carroll. Uh, after being found liable early last year for sexually abusing Carol in a Bergdorf Goodman fitting room in 1996. 
Trump was ordered last week to pay Carroll $83.3 million in damages, but has vowed to appeal the decision. A verdict in his $370 million business fraud case is expected this month. I don't think he's going to lose that one. Like, just the premise of saying that he inflated his value to achieve getting a, a lot, it, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. He's basically, they're, they're accusing him of self-appraising Mar-a-Lago and, and, and places like that of being worth a lot more than they really are. It's like, you do realize I could appraise Shellshock at $10 billion, but ultimately what matters is what the bank's appraisal is going to come out to be. And they're right. going to send an appraisal and say, uh, yeah, it's not worth that. Sorry. So, and also that's not illegal. It's not illegal for me to say this. I, I feel like this is what it's worth. So that's going to be interesting to say. Trump paid nearly $5 million to his attorney, Chris Chris, who is representing the former president against the felony charges of business fraud in Manhattan and against felony charges that he illegally retained national security documents in Miami federal court. Which, again, I get both sides of this one to where it's like, well, Biden did the same thing. He's not being charged. Matter of fact, there was uh, also... Um, and Biden wasn't president. Yeah. He was but, a senator. And vice president. Vice president, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did literally the same thing. Uh, but who else? There was somebody else that did it, too. Oh, Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. Mike Pence. Nothing happened. Nope. But nobody's going to do anything Mike Pence. He's like that that nice old, you know, guy that hates the gays. But just like, leave him alone. He's okay. He doesn't hurt anybody. Um, But President Biden is also being investigated by special counsel Robert Herr for keeping classified documents at his Delaware mansion in Washington, D.C., office after his time in the Senate and Obama White House. But reports indicated that the 81-year-old commander-in-chief is not expected to face charges as the conclusion of the probe. Alina Haba, who serves as Trump's spokeswoman and lawyer in the Trump Organization civil case, raked in $2.3 million, according to filings. Three other attorneys, John Loro, Todd Blanche, and Steve Shadow, earned about $2.5 million, $2 million, and $1.5 million, respectively, for representing the former president against the federal and Georgia election interference indictments. Bro, it pays to be a lawyer. Pays to be a lawyer. We are in the wrong business, dude. Like, we should we should be lawyers. I'm just not smart enough. And I'd probably cuss some people out in the process. Your Honor, have you ever considered the fact that maybe the jury's just retarded? Maybe. Your Honor, no? Okay. It's no. clear he's a cocksucker. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that one right there is a racist. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> Pardon my French. Pardon my French. I've got something. All right. Let me get this going here. Okay, that does it for today's episode of the American Savage Show podcast. Hey, if you liked what you listened to today, feel free to reach out and subscribe us. Subscribe over on Rumble, or excuse me, on uh, Locals. Let me turn this down. Sorry for blowing out your eardrums. Subscribe to us over on Locals for like four ninety nine a month. You can uh, you can keep us from starving to death. Have you seen me? I, I can't keep losing weight, man. I got to eat. I got to get that money. Nah. You know, hey, look. We're not trying to rake in $2.5 million a month over this, you know, but maybe, well, yeah, absolutely we are. <laughs> Why, who wouldn't? It'd be great. Imagine getting like paid millions of dollars to do this. Oh my God. That'd be phenomenal. It'd be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Fork it over, you cheapskates. Make us millionaires. <laughs> all right. No, seriously. Thank you for all the love and support, for all the tweets, for all the show shares, for all the clicks, the likes. We do thank you uh, very much so. We appreciate all your love and support. If you could share the episode, make sure you subscribe to us over on iTunes. Just John Burke, the All-American Savage Show. You can listen to the podcast there as well if you can't catch the live show. And also, we're available wherever podcasts might be downloaded. Don't forget to check out johnburke.com. Get yourself a good Eagles Not Chicken shirt. We got uh, we got like a little less than a week or a little over a week left when we do the pre-order. Don't sit on this. Jump on it. Become an eagle, not a chicken made in China. Uh, you got anything to have, man? You guys have a great night. And as always, stay savage, America.